0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.
1: Mr. Fryer, let's go. At the 12 of day, say Lawrence Holmes,
2: noon to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station previously on the
1: lawrence home show ryan congratulations man how does it feel to be a champion
2: it's uh pretty crazy still uh trying to wrap my head around it and you know comprehend everything that's happening it hasn't quite set in yet
1: as you guys were making that defining drive at the the end of the game what was the huddle like
2: you know we knew we were only going to have a couple maybe two chances left at it when we were going out there the fourth quarter and you know, knew we were running out of out of time and had to go down there and get points if we wanted to get it done. And you know, once we, we got moving on that drive, we knew that that was going to be it. I knew it was 15 plays or something. It seemed like forever, but, you know, whatever we had to do to get done was, was getting done and was was cool to see happen.
1: Walk me through what it felt like on the sideline on that last play when when Aaron gets to Joe Burrow.
2: So I was actually, like, I started cramping on that last drive. So, like, my forearms and, like, quads were about to go. So I was thinking, i got to get those out because we're going to go to overtime. That was my my thought. So I didn't even know what was happening. I was with the trainers getting iced down and getting certain stuff shot into me to, to try and get the cramps to stop. And then I just heard everyone, you know, erupt. Make me a bicycle, clown!
1: We will hear more from Mr. Allen a little bit later on in the show. But in the meantime, Mr. and I'm here with you until 2 o'clock. We are going to talk baseball for a big portion of today's show. Cody Decker will join me at 1 o'clock. And coming up in the next segment, he's got a new deal. He will remain in the marquee booth for Cubs baseball on your television. Jim Deshays is going to join me. We will talk with him next here on The Score. We
0: get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears?
2: Lawrence Holmes, noon to two on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
3: I realize you spoke French. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll throw a little around. In French, the fastball is the rapide. The slider is the glissant. There's
1: a good glissant right there. A lot of good news around the Cubs broadcast on Marquee, Boog and JD will continue to call Cubs baseball for you. And I was excited when I saw that news cross during the show yesterday because it gives me an opportunity to talk with Jim Deshays, who I think is terrific. He joins me on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline. <laughs> Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. JD, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it.
3: Sure, Lawrence. Great to be with you.
1: So, what made you say, yes, I want to continue to to, to call Cubs games?
3: Oh, gosh, uh, that's easy. Um, <laughs> I just, all I've ever wanted to do since I came here is just to stay on. I would love to finish my career working uh, working in that booth. Um, it's just a dream job, man. It's Wrigley Field is your home office. It's a great fan base. Uh, getting the opportunity now to work with Boog on a daily basis has been wonderful. And everybody over there, our whole team, the production, the crew, there's just a real uh, esprit de court. It's a lot of fun to be a part of.
1: I imagine. And it sounds that way, especially with a, a pro like Boog who's able to kind of do a lot of different things. And sometimes baseball is a talk show with a game going on behind it. And I think he's really good at, at doing that part of the job. What was the adjustment like for you last year?
3: It uh, wasn't much. You know, I you know when, when we fired, first hired Boog, and I talked to Len about him, and I knew Boog a little bit uh, from you know being around the game for so many years. And, um, but you know, Len said you guys are going to click. It's going to be easy, and it was. It was you know from day one. there was, uh, was a lot of laughs, uh, very easy. Um, I've, I've been blessed. I've been doing this a long time now, and I had a long time partner in Houston, a guy by the name of Bill Brown, who was great. And then Len, and now Boog. So I've been lucky to to kind of uh, saddle up next to those three guys. Um, and and frankly, there wasn't much of an adjustment at all with Boog. I can't remember having any issues thinking, well, this is different, or I need to adjust what I do. Uh, He's just really good at at kind of understanding my role and and how I like to go about things, and he makes my job easy.
1: What was last year like? Because you had a big portion of last year being a team that was competing, like a a team that – that was right there in the mix in the national league central. And then you have a complete sea change. The bottom falls out because of the losing streak. And then you're in a different space with, with how you're going about talking about these players and, and the plan for the Cubs going forward. What was it like for you?
3: Yeah, it was, um, it, it was a little bit of a shock and not so much that the team, the, the, the fortunes of the team turned as quickly as they did because to be completely honest, it felt like a little bit of a mirage early. It just it it, it felt like, you know, that that sooner or later they were gonna run into a wall and maybe not be quite as competitive. Um but having said that, just the the um the, the fact that all of a sudden, you know, Baez and Rizzo and Bryant, all these guys are gone. Um and we've gotten so used to watching them on a daily basis. That that was the real shock. Not so much going from a competitive team to a team that wasn't real competitive, but these guys that we knew that the fans loved, that was such a big part of the Cubs' story for so many years, for them to all be gone all of a sudden um, was was a little jarring. Uh, but the, the job doesn't change. The nature of the job remains the same. You tell the story of the new guys, you tell the story of the team, um, and, and you try to embrace the newness and, and get excited about Frank Fruindel and Patrick Wisdom and Rafael Ortega and uh, any number of guys that came to the big leagues. And had an opportunity to to kind of um, establish themselves.
1: What types of things did you draw from from your own career to be able to help tell the story to the viewer of what was happening with the Cubs in the second half of the season?
3: Yeah, you just try to always be empathetic, right? Um, you know, I, I know that I'm sure a lot of our fans who love those those you know those guys that left um, didn't want to. Embrace Wisdom and Schwindel and, and all these other guys, um, but um, their, their stories are really intriguing too. Uh, you know, Patrick Wisdom I'd seen a little bit in the past. He was up, you know, for wasn't that batter to the year before. I'd seen him a little bit with maybe the Cardinals. Um, I had no idea he was, he was such a good athlete. I Had no idea he was as good as he is defensively and as strong as he is. Um, so that that was kind of interesting. Schwindel because of the personality and his story about, you know, never really getting a chance that you know, guys don't break in and do things typically uh, at 29 and 30 years of age, the way those guys did. So, um, yeah, you know, to me, it's always been, uh, this kind of, a um, almost fairy tale existence, major league baseball, right? As, as a guy who was, I was never a frontline starting pitcher. I was kind of the back of the rotation guy. So I just cherished every moment. And so I could kind of, Put myself in their spot, you know, getting this opportunity to play on the big stage.
1: So it was easy for you to find the joy in those moments of joy for those guys. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, um, whether
3: the team wins or loses, there's always great individual stories, there's always fun stories. Um, and you, you, you kind of pivot to that. Obviously, it's more fun to cover a winning team, it's more fun to be in a pennant race and to feel like you have a chance to, to do great things. But uh, every season presents different opportunities um, and, and different stories to be told. And, and you know, th- thank goodness, right? I mean, if those guys had come up and not performed well, um, th- that would have been a little tougher. It would have been a tougher sell. But, you know, we're going to the
1: ballpark, man. It's just if we're doing baseball, it's, you know, it's never hard. Talking with Jim Deschays, who is back, he is going to be calling games on Marquee along with Book, Signed a, a multi-year contract, according to Marquee. What's the job that's in front of Jed Hoyer right now?
3: Well, it, it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, you know, how quickly do they turn this thing around? How aggressive are they once there's a deal in place with with guys that are out there in the free agent market? Um, you know, I was uh, the Stroman sign and caught me by surprise. I didn't think they would be that aggressive that early. Um, So I don't know if that indicates um, that they're going to make a real strong push at another big name free agent or not. Um, I I think he's done a lot of the heavy lifting already. When you look at all the young kids he acquired and all those deals, there's some really good young prospects down there. And uh, I know fans sometimes don't want to talk about prospects. They want to talk about big leaguers. But um, I think our farm system, by the end of this year, is going to be in real good shape. And and we're going to start to think in terms of 2014, 2015, and and the the beginning of something really special. Now, he's going to have to augment it. He's going to have to go out and, 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 you know, acquire uh, a couple of big league players. Um, Now, whether that's this offseason or early this season or uh, whether it's next year, I'm not sure. So I I don't know what his – you know, his, his, the big picture plan is that he might not know. Sometimes things fall into your lap, right? Sometimes markets develop late and somebody you didn't think you had a shot at becomes available and and you go for it.
1: With Strowman, he's a big personality. I think he's really smart. He's very interesting. As far as what he adds to a rotation, when you're looking at him throw, when you've seen him against the Cubs or video of him, when he wasn't facing the Cubs, what do you see?
3: Yeah, kick and pitch. Uh, he, he's got really good stuff. He's got, uh, he puts the ball on the ground. Um, so, you know, obviously it's important to play good defense behind him. Um, he, he's, you know, a, a legitimate top of the rotation type guy. And I think maybe flies a little bit beneath the radar a little bit, to, despite that big personality. Um, and maybe sometimes people focus more on the personality and uh, and some of the social media stuff and things he says in the press as opposed to what he does on the mound Um, you know am I going to call him elite one of the top starting pitchers in the game no but you know he's he's a really good guy that you feel comfortable handing the ball to every fifth day Um, and if he ends up being the best starting pitcher on the Cubs this year I would not be surprised I think you know with he and Hendricks there's a really good one-two punch there and Wade Miley's been awfully good in recent seasons as well so as long as he's got something left in the tank the starting pitching situation looks a lot better at the start of this year than than it did last year
1: i see him do a lot of uh, he talks about on social media like a lot of tinkering with pitches and i like that like anytime that i see any of the the pitching ninja stuff i i get excited to learn more about the game how much tinkering goes on with guys and, and, and were, were you a tinkerer when you were pitching, where you were always trying to figure out, well, if I change the grip slightly this way or that way, I'm going to get this effect on the ball.
3: I think pitchers are always playing around with, with different grips trying to create different movement. Uh, I think the difference in the modern game now is they have a way to really um, evaluate it um, much better than we did because of all the technology with the super slow motion cameras and, and the pitch labs, They, they can, you know, okay, I'm going to move my finger this much further on the on the seam of the baseball, and I'm going to throw 10 fastballs with this grip, and then we're going to look at the video and say, look at the way that ball moves compared to what I used to do. And then you, you have immediate feedback. Um, so I, th- I think that's, a, that's a, probably because of that. There's more tinkering that goes on now. Um, there aren't as many absolutes. You know, it used to be this is how you threw your sinker, this is how you threw a four-seamer, this is how you threw your slider and so on down the line. And I think now there's more, you know, we, we always talk, the great example is the backup slider that the guy swings through. And we always say, well, that was a mistake pitch. He didn't mean to have that slider back up on him. But right now guys are going, well, let's see if I can make that happen intentionally more often and, and have a positive result. I think there's, 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 a lot, uh, there's a lot more out there now for pitchers to dig in on.
1: Do you watch football at all?
3: You know, uh, I don't watch a ton of football, but this year I, I probably watched more of the playoffs, and obviously, obviously, I was, I'll always watch the Super Bowl because I'm American. Um, so, I, I was the postseason was great. It was, um, so, and, and that's that's what I wanted yeah. to
1: ask. I wanted to ask you about it because I mean, whether we're talking about Allen or Mahomes or in the Super Bowl Stafford you can see the baseball influence in the way quarterbacks are trying to kind of manipulate the football with arm angles. And I was just wondering, like, as someone who, who did that for a living, if if you were looking at it and going, Oh yeah, I, I can see that you played middle infield or you pitch because of the way that you're using your arm to throw the football.
3: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think that's, that's another thing that that is probably changing in baseball too is you know, back in the day, you know, I and mean, I hate to see it sound like the you know the old guy, but you know there was a, there was a lot of hey, don't be messing around, you could get hurt, you don't want to, you know, don't if it's not broke, don't don't fix it kind of thinking. And like now, it's like, well, yeah, I can drop down here from time to time, I can quick pitch from time to time, I can change my delivery, uh, you know, Cueto, Strope, we've seen all these guys do different things on the mound. Guys are being much more inventive and. Yeah, well, you know, Mahomes. I pitched with Mahomes' dad in, in Minnesota for a little bit, so obviously, you know, he 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 has a little bit of a uh, a pedigree there in terms of being able to, to manipulate the ball.
1: Yeah, it's fun to see that when the the sports collide, and you can see the, the some of the functional athleticism that goes on from from kids playing more than one sport, and then being able to transport that to the elite level of another sport.
3: Yeah, and 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 the great ones, right? You, you watch a, a guy like Mahomes, and, and he's playing backyard football and, and at the highest level, and it's just it's, it's mind-boggling um, that that skill level that some of these guys have. The, you know, the escapability, the, the the how quick they are on their feet and making adjustments and and dropping down, throwing a sidearm, you know, slider to a slot receiver or something like that. It's just it's it's a lot of fun to watch.
1: JD, if you were a player meaning in 2022, how would you go about preparing yourself with not knowing when the lockout could be over? Yeah, well,
3: I, I think uh, if, if I were in those the, the shoes of the modern player, uh, from a pitching standpoint, I would be getting ready like I normally do. I would just I would be assuming that things are going to start on time and I would not want to get caught short, especially if it ends up being an abbreviated spring training. Um, so I would be I would be all on right now, doing a lot of throwing, doing all my work that I typically would do, um, you know, right before heading to spring training. And now this is when camps are supposed to open, so I would be I would be preparing just like it was a regular spring.
1: These last three seasons are all going to be some sort of trun- truncated, where pitchers are kind of like I'm, I'm on, I'm off, I'm on, I'm off, because of COVID and now because of the work stoppage. How? How do you think that's going to impact bodies? and Or do you think we've already seen an impact on bodies because of the way the last three years have gone?
3: Yeah, I know there's been a lot of talk about soft tissue injuries, um, ligament damage, and, and I don't know if it's necessarily the pitchers, but maybe the position players too, just getting out of their norm. Um, that's really hard to quantify. I mean, you could argue that it's, it's a weird, um, you know, Uh, schedule and therefore guys are at risk because they're out of the routines. You could also argue in a truncated season, uh, you're not throwing as much. And so maybe you're preserving, um, you know, your arm a little bit and it's going to benefit you down the road. So it's really, for me, it's really hard to quantify uh, exactly the impact it's going to have. And I, you know, I I still think um, despite camps not opening, um, I'm still bullish on the idea that we're going to play 162 game schedule. I think it's, you know, I think that's and, – and my best guess is that's going to happen. I've got nothing to base it on other than just pure optimism. Um, but, but I think we will play 162.
1: J.D., I appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the show. I love your call, and I'm glad that you're going to be back on Marquee Broadcast.
3: Well, thanks, Lawrence. I appreciate that very much. Great to be with you, man.
1: I'll see you at the ballpark when there's baseball. <laughs> yes, I will. There, <laughs> That's Jim Deshays of the Marquee Network. He's back. Yeah, man, I think, look, I think that over the next few weeks, Brandon and I are going to have to get really creative about some of the things that we bring to the table.
0: It's going to be a lot of new segments.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was driving in today. I, I I, don't think that we're ready. I think we're still a year away from Is Justin Good Week, like like we did with Mitch because we did it after his second season. But I do think what does Justin need week might happen. That's on the docket. Writing it down. Oh, apparently, according to TMZ, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley broke up. I thought they had a chance. I actually didn't. Like once things started to get really out of pocket, I was like, oh yeah, that they're very much from where it seems like Aaron seems to be going politically. They're on different ends of the spectrum. But you know me, I always talk about the political spectrum in America as an inverted U. And sometimes people that are on the far left and the far right tend to be closer in some of their thoughts on things like vaccinations than you would imagine. It's not like a straight line. Some people look at it as a straight line, like you're this and you're that. I think it's the inverted U. I think that model is a better one. And I think that's where Shailene and Aaron are starting to, see some of the differences, and while they were closer in some ways, maybe not in others. But, good luck to them both. I hope they both find love. Back after this on The Score.
2: Lawrence Holmes, noon to two, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
1: I would just find
2: a way to make a play. You find a way to, you know, do everything I can, everything we can to to close this game out. Got an opportunity. You know, they ran the ball, was able to be stout in the run game, share the block and make a play. And then it came to the point where it was four for one. We think and run. We got certain checks that that said they was passing in And I was able to, you know, work the edge, get the edge on the guy with a chop club, ping off the tackle, and, and get to the quarterback. I Actually tried to get the ball. He kind of ducked it from me. And kind of when he once he, once he tossed it, I kind of nervous because he's a little close to the running back. But for us to close that game out, make a play when we needed to make a play, man, it was definitely special.
1: That was Aaron Donald explaining what happened in the final couple of plays in the Super Bowl. That was courtesy of NFL Network. They had that. Him explaining it. I thought it was really, really good. At 1 o'clock, we're going to talk with Cody Decker. I was going to talk with JD about the, the goings on in baseball, but I feel like that puts him in a really bad spot. With Deck, I don't have to worry about that. So I have a plenty of questions about the lockout with deck and I'm going to talk. Why are you smiling? Brandon? Why? What's, what's the deal?
0: Cause I know Decker and I
1: know, yeah, he doesn't care. So he'll say whatever he wants. Right? Like I, I was here. I wanted to like celebrate Jim Deshays and I'm glad that he's still in town. Like I didn't want to be like, so man, let me talk about the people who employ you. Like, I don't want to do that to him. That's messed up. But with deck, we're gonna have a little bit more of a straightforward conversation about day 78 of of the, the lockout between the owners and the players. Or the owners locking out the players. Let me be accurate in the way that I say that. I also moved this if you're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash 670 the score, I moved the picture because I realized that I couldn't quite I'm short, so I couldn't quite see out of the window. Because both pictures were in the same window, so I moved the horse. What's the horse's name? I don't know what the horse's name is. But I moved the horse over to the far window because there isn't anything that it's really blocking. I was like, let me look out the window today in today's crazy weather that we've got. Thaws out just enough for a new fresh snow that's going to come up. And yes, that was to Cal. Cal. Yesterday on the show, talking about Aaron Donald, we had Brian Allen on the show, who is a free agent. If you were looking for a center and not that expensive and obviously has ties to Chicago because he grew up in Hinsdale and even trained with Olin Cruz. I asked him about Aaron Donald. Here's what he told me.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I get to spend the later half of July and early part of August with him every year. So it's... uh... (laughs) You know, it's a, it's pretty pretty awesome to be his teammate. You know, I've played competitive sports, you know, we'll say since I was eight. You know, I, I've really never seen anything like this guy. And you want to talk about another guy who, you know, works incredibly hard. He's not just, you know, I mean, he has God-gifted talent for sure, but he, he doesn't stop there. You know, he works incredibly hard. And, you know, another one of those guys who, you know, you're always chasing, you know, work ethic-wise and someone who sets a great example, but, you know the things he does you know people want to argue and you know talk about greatest of all time i just i don't see anything without that guy being one of the one of the best if not number 1 greatest defensive players of all time he's uh you know unbelievable and the way he dominates people you just don't see other guys doing that so pretty awesome to see and you know it's a relief when you know you see him doing it to other people and know and you're not the only one so
1: so, so, Brian, well, what is it like? Take me inside of what it's like to to deal with him on a play in, play out basis. Is it? What are the things that set him apart from other players that are good and some of them that that do dominate games? But it's it seems different with him. So, what makes him different?
2: Not to get too advanced, but a, a really good pass rusher is, you know, able to chain pass rush. If you beat his first move, he's got a counter for that. If you beat his second one, you know, maybe he has a counter for that. You know, really good guys, they can maybe get to a third one. An average guy, he's maybe got one, maybe got two. But this guy, just whatever you do to to try and stop him, he's got a counter for it, and it just rolls in, you know, simultaneously as you're thinking you got him with the first one. So he's just so strong, so quick, you know, can get to his next rush, you know, faster than he probably got to his first. So it creates a lot of problems for, for guys blocking him.
1: So if if he if he can't get there with the bull, he might go swim. If he can't get there with a the swim, he might go hump. If he can't get there with a the hump, he might go spin.
2: And it's coming right now, so you better figure out how to stop it, man. Your quarterback's dead. So
1: that was us talking about Aaron Donald. Your quarterback's dead. It's the truth. The guy's really, really good. I enjoy talking with with Brian, and he is a free agent, so we shall see. I I have heard that he would be interested in returning home. I did some digging after we were done talking with him yesterday. Started talking with some people. I have heard that he would be interested in playing for the Bears. That would be a great upgrade. I'm just saying. I don't know if people want him. I just, I've heard that he would be interested. We are going to talk baseball. It is day 78 of the lockout. Cody Decker. The Odyssey baseball expert. Uh, he'd be mad if I called him an expert. But he is one. He's going to join me to talk about all this stuff next here on the score. My man. We really need new phones. T Mobile
0: will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.